Tony Mitsus, welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about Oscar Ramirez Vela Cruz and his friends. <laughs> you may know them as the Academy Awards. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. I've got a great panel today. Uh, recording in the uh, auxiliary bar at the Helium Comedy Club in Portland, Oregon. Early in the uh, in the morning when, you know, comedy club bars are popping. Um, and they don't even know we're here. So we have to, we're going to do a quick podcast. I, did I mention this? If they show up, we run. Cool. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Grab I, whatever you can and just book it. We gotta, we gotta go. Uh, joining me as always, my co-host at Anthony Lopez Part Two on Twitter, it's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Excited to be here, nice and early. Got this nice mushroom omelet my wife prepared for me. <laughs> Very excited about this. Oh. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> I we're gonna talk more about that omelet because I thought about that omelet for weeks after watching yeah. that movie. I I made. 12 mushroom omelets since that movie. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with that. It looked so good. Uh, they filmed it from above, and there was just a ton of butter. Anyway. You're mostly just into vomiting for hours and having <laughs> someone take care of you, though. We, be use, we use non-poisoned mushrooms, but uh, that's my personal recipe. Also joining us at Genazine one on Twitter. Uh, she writes uh, about movies for MovieBoozer.com. It's Genazine. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Um, I had avocado toast for breakfast, <laughs> so I'm feeling like a one percenter and uh, a millennial. Yeah, nice. very, very fancy good. toast. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't from a movie. That you're just talking about your no, breakfast. No, yeah, no, cool. quote. Um, That's fine. Just I gave you late notice. And, uh, <laughs> We always talk about breakfast too, so that's your options. Also joining us, uh, a writer and a director of some of the finest sketch comedy in the Portland area and anywhere at Jason underscore Rouse on Twitter. It's Mr. Jason Rouse. Hey, good morning, everybody. What'd you have? I had half a cup of coffee and leftover popcorn. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That is a good like movie obsessed breakfast. It's. Do you make? Did you make it or did you bring home extra? No, my my girlfriend made it last night and it was just sitting there, and so I just. Grabbed a few handfuls, Ooh. stale and heavy with butter. Here's what I think you oh. could be. Hmm. This is maybe a little personal, but here's what I would guess about you. Yeah, you would get uh, the free refill popcorn size at a movie. Mm-hmm. Go back on the way out and get, even though you don't want it, haven't just done to it have years. it. Haven't done it in years. <laughs> yeah. Because Not what to you're eat it, stuck just with, to punish them. I. I would do it because I thought, you know what I'm going to want later? Yes. I'm going to want more popcorn. popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> it was usually if I saw a matinee, and I would I would get that, and I would go and like fill it up. Yeah. And then I would never. No, it's nobody would. In the car. It was just, I'm like, you know what? This is, no. This is what you get. I knew a guy who would occasionally go to a movie theater, buy popcorn, and then leave. Like, didn't want to see a movie. just liked their popcorn. But. Yeah. I, I know a guy who would go to a movie theater, uh go to the trash can, pull out and loge popcorn out of it, wipe it out, and then go get a refill on that. Sure. And that he is... thought it was like the cleverest scam <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I worked at theaters for years. Yeah. That is not a unique scam. No. I mean, you just, you know what? If they're willing to do that, That's I'm exactly going right. to fill yeah. it up. It costs us nothing yeah. to put popped corn in it. <laughs> you, you didn't beat the system so much as you're just willing to eat garbage. Yeah. yeah. Good if for you. If you're willing to eat garbage, that's free food yeah. everywhere. Absolutely. You just got to do it. Yeah. Uh, so this is episode number 430 of the program. We've now done as many episodes as the time of day where work finally, start, finally starts to feel manageable. You know? It's like, only got only got a half hour left. We can pull this off. Mm. 4.30. You work till 5, I guess, on <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have closing shifts, Alex. Yeah. Right? I don't work 9 to 5. Yeah. I don't think any of us work 9 to 5. I just no. thought that was relevant. Um, I uh, <laughs> Here's a fun fact about Portland. I used to do this show, as you guys know, in a uh, uh, co-working space. 
and they had the same music pumped in as from the East Coast. It was all low because they were all in the same company, so they had the same music feed. Mm. And so at two o'clock every day in Portland, the music would switch to party music really loudly, and they couldn't turn it off. Yeah. So just the whole office had to party on East Coast time. That's so every, everyone at two o'clock just got real chill about getting work done. Uh, speaking of the best parts of stuff, I guess this is uh, like we're talking about the Oscars. Um, I don't think they're named after. Oscar Ramirez Velacruz, that just was just a guess. Um, but the Academy Awards are coming up next week, you guys, uh, a few days away from this recording. And we're going to focus mostly on the Best Picture noms, a couple of other things. Uh, why are we doing this? So this is the first on the show. This is our, a new experiment for us. Uh, mostly because I saw them all this time, which is neat. And so I just wanted to brag about it. <laughs> um, so thanks to SAG and MoviePass, I guess, cool. for getting me through this year and getting all the stuff done. You get SAG screeners, but you don't need oh, yeah. it. You've already seen it all by then. I've seen them all. Yeah. I tried to watch. This is out of punishing them. I was like, you send me movies, I'm going to watch them this year just to prove that I can, which I don't feel like I actually got one over on them, but I did watch as many as yeah. I could. I mean, you know when they do send out screenos, every time they put one in the envelope, they're like, fucking coward, you won't watch this? <laughs> I challenge you. I watched Downsizing. Yeah. That's how dedicated oh. to this I was. They sent me Downsizing, and I watched it. That was brutal. The whole thing was rough. Yeah. SAG nominated. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, Hong Chao, for for her acting job, for her choice of an accent, she got a yeah. SAG nomination. Um, I also I'll watch any movie about people being made smaller by lasers. That I'm just into. <laughs> that doesn't take a lot. Um, also, this is Anthony's first full year as co-host on the show, and unlike me, he knows some things about movies. So I feel a little like bit, yeah. this would be a good time to expand. And this panel is also like probably my most knowledgeable film friends. So I thought we would get together, try it for real. It'll still be light. And um, I guess just warnings up top. We are going to talk about all the best picture movies. And we will be lightly spoiling probably everything. We'll go mm. try not to hard ruin, but we'll go lightly spoil. So like yeah. we won't talk details about that mushroom omelet, but you got enough about it already. <laughs> Once you see it, you'll be like, I know what's going on. But we're not going to tell you too much more than that. Um, so we're just going to go down. Oh, and also this is, uh, um, as always, sponsored by our Meat Buddies. If you want to become a Meat Buddy, go to redistribute.com slash Meat Buddies, and you can join and help uh, support the show and also get to choose upcoming topics for us. And we have a fabulous new Meat Buddy today to talk about. But first, some be best picture movies. So uh, for each of these, uh, we will skip compliments and, and insults. We'll assume there's compliments for most of them. But we'll just kinda, I'm going to give you a very brief summary, and then I want you guys to chime in with either your uh, maybe favorite thing or least favorite thing about it, and then we'll go from there. So first up... The Shape of Water. Uh, a young woman working at a secret military science lab falls abruptly in love with a fish man, gives him hard-boiled eggs, and lets her penetrate him, pe him penetrate her with her fi his fish dick. Got the pronouns all messed up. Uh, and then she's aided in her love by a scientist portrayed adequately by Michael Stolberg. That's a setup yeah. for a joke that's going to become a running joke because Michael Stolberg's in everything this mm -hmm. year. Um, what do you guys think? So Shape of Water, favorite thing or least favorite thing about it? Jenna, why don't you start us off? Uh, I thought that uh, dating a fish was a great way to combat vaginal dryness. <laughs> <laughs> Does seawater work? Is that? Kind of, kind I guess it is. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the fish was ready to commit. You know? he, he, he was. was they he went was all in from the fish, fish men marry for life. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing about them. Yeah. But I was also worried about uh, their cholesterol because that was a lot of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> they did. She eats exclusively hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. Egg theme this podcast because there were the, the omelet and the hard-boiled eggs. Mm -hmm. What did you, were you expecting her to have sex with that fish man? I was not. I was stunned, <laughs> to be honest. I thought it was going to be just a light little fantasy, little, no big deal. I saw it at 10 in the morning. I had a little breakfast burrito, and I was just having a good time. And and I will say that I was stunned a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was like, yeah, let's, what? <laughs> no. Anthony uh, warned me a little bit, that they, or not warned me, but like promised me and I got excited that mm-hmm. they were going to, they were going to have full P and V, P and fish, whatever you'd call yeah. it. Uh, and uh, I was so stoked because I would go to see any movie <laughs> where someone is having sex with a fish person. The fact that this is also a good film was very surprising. Yeah, the, the porn parody of Shape of Water is going to be incredible. Almost like, too easy. 90% yeah. of the work is done yeah. for you. <laughs> And I mean, like, you gotta, you gotta think. Like, one of my favorite things about the movie is like, if you're going to show, um, make a movie about like a a lady having sex with a fish god monster thing. Oh, uh, god is an interesting word to throw in that mix. Well, I mean, spoilers. He's a god. They, he's a god. <laughs> they established that at the end of the movie. Right? They do. Yeah. <laughs> He was worshipped as a god in the <laughs> Amazon. Worshipped as a god doesn't mean he's actually a god. That's he, like, there's he so many. He comes back. Spoilers. F- he comes back from the dead, heals himself, performs a miracle, and then the guy says he is a god. It's he's also creepy. a fish man. Yeah, exactly. See, I thought this he's is a I, man I, while yeah. fish. Alex is just like boobies. I yeah. just thought no, no. <laughs> I I do have slightly purient interest when it comes to fish people, but in this case. I, th- I mean, like, there's a lot of time we see people are worshipped as a god that they're not actually gods. We say that all but, the time. I mean, what is a god? I mean, you know. The, um, but my point is, anyway, back to the thing no, I was no, saying. No, no, no. I want to finish this. Yeah, back- so they do, he, he doesn't come back for, to life. Every movie has someone getting shot in the shoulder and then they're passed out for a minute and then two minutes later they shake and they're like, oh, I was no, fine. he heals himself. But He's he has complete- healing powers and the whole he time heals like a the, fish. Yeah. Like yeah, like a fish. Every time you catch a fish and then let them go, they just their cheek heals back up and they swim away. Um, right? But, wait, what? That's how catch and release works. Otherwise, you're just really fucking up that fish's day. Yeah, you're just really fucking up that fish's day, Alex. That's what that is. Yeah. People are wait. It's not the fishman who's the monster. People are the monsters. But the uh, bad guy literally says he was a god. Yeah, but oh, he was also wrong. Yeah. He could have been wrong. Man, I think you guys really, just bought it is that. a dying word. I think you're really splitting hairs here about the whether or not the magical fish man is just a magical fish man, <laughs> yeah. or whether like we're really getting into the minutia yeah. here, Alex. Uh, like the people who say that like on. like comic book movies aren't real, like Spider Man, that was not real. It's a Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, just I'm I'm I think this is where this all hinges. But, this changes the movie for me. But, this is why I'm glad I brought you guys on. But what I was what I was saying originally about Fine. that is like if you're going to show it, I, I do think like they could not have chosen a better way. Like I think like the image of like the flooded bathroom is so incredibly beautiful. stunning and beautiful. Um I really liked it. My favorite thing about Shape of Water, what I what I've been saying is like I I, I love the movie quite a bit. I think it uh everything around the main story I think is better than the main story. Like yeah. I like Richard Classic Jenkins. Classic No Retreat, No Surrender. Yeah, I mean Richard Jenkins is, is one of the most underrated actors uh, of like working today. He's incredible. He just does amazing work and everything. Everything with him and his job. I love the like the fifties Americana dino that is like a deconstruction of like American ideals. Like it's this beautiful place that he's like, oh, you guys are so great. And the guy's like, dude, I'm from Ontario. Like I'm an import. <laughs> this is actually a franchise. None oh, of this yeah, is yeah, real. The like the and movie the does. Was all, bad. The movie does a lot of things like that. Like I love the the fact that like Michael Shannon's character has like this perfect nuclear family. In most movies, when you have this villain guy, he comes home and his family's just miserable and everything sucks. And here he has like the most novelty, beautiful family, but he's still miserable. So it's like, why is that? Do you think Michael Shannon is capable of happiness? 
I think he is only a miserable person. I saw I him think if he wanted to, yeah, if he wanted to be happy, he would be the happiest person <laughs> yeah. you've ever met. Uh, and I don't know, I saw Michael Shannon get WrestleMania tickets in Groundhog's Day, and he was very <laughs> excited about, about that. that. Exactly, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah, everything with like Michael, Shannon, Michael Shannon, his his family. Uh, he was Mikey Shannon back then. There's this great monologue in the movie that Nick Searcy gives when they're talking about what is decency, and he's like, you know, is like being a good man. He's like, no, no. That that's an import that we sell. This idea of American decency is not actually good to us here. Yeah, uh, I I think like those things in the movie was so interesting. I, like, it's a really strong like deconstruction of like the idea of like American masculinity and stuff like that. I just okay, I loved all that stuff about Shape of Water more than I liked the love story of a a lady and a fish. Yeah, man. exactly. I I love any relationship with a fish person, uh, not in a porn parody way, in a mm-hmm. film. But I do uh, I did think that maybe their relationship was a little too abrupt. I felt mm-hmm. like, what did they have to offer each other? She had eggs. What did he have? She just was like so committed to being in love with a fish man mm-hmm. from the from the get. She saw him love at first sight with a uh, tortured fish man in a tank. I I didn't buy her love for him. Him for her. I get it. She's the egg lady. I'm going to say again, it's a movie with a fish man. <laughs> I'm willing to give it a couple a couple yards to get there. Yeah. I was already committed. This is I was thing, in I there. Don't, I have no trouble believing the fish man is there. Sure. I just want okay. then also the emotional arc. That's what I want. I mean, I, I definitely think I got, I got that at least. Um, but like I said, everything around the story, the yeah. cinematography, the music is unbelievable. Uh I was a big fan of Shape. So here's Water. here's my question because we we're talking a little bit before we started about uh, predictions and guessing on mm. the Oscars, and I just have no idea how somebody could look at a list and be like, "Which is a better film? This movie where this lady has sex with a fish man, or this movie where a girl in Sacramento grows up?" Like they're just how do you decide which is a better picture? It's such a crazy decision. I don't th- you can't. I, you can't. I it mean, seems it's like just, a, it's just preference at a certain point. It's just yeah. I like looking at the list and going, "That could be enough." Like these are the we're going to say these are the nine or ten. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, that should be enough because yeah. you yeah. can't. It's like what a great selection of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to say that no, you're never going to win, and say that you know, except for one of them, it just seems like a great list yeah. of everybody should feel proud of themselves. List, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a really solid list of films this year. I think, uh, especially when you look at like the the variety of it, like. I love that there's a horror comedy is nominated yeah, for Best yeah. Picture. Like, that doesn't happen a lot. You don't get a lot of a lot of movies like that. Shape of Water is nominated for Best Picture, I think. Yeah, and this is incredible. weird. Incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. Just the, the amount of different stories being told this year um, by really unique, very, you know, old hand filmmakers and also like this really great younger up and coming class that's really impressed me this year. Well, so one thing that I, I guess one one more tiny thing I want to talk about, about uh, Shape of Water, which you and I were talking about yesterday, which is just how chill everybody is when he kills that guy's cat. Yeah. Uh, I, that's the other moment that I keep thinking about is how the fish man kills the guy's cat and then later he's like, hey, watch it with my other cats. Like mm. he's just so fine with it. I did it. love how fucking like shocking that scene was. And it like, was, yeah. He that just great. ripped yeah. your cat's head off, and then everyone's like, okay, but he is a fish man. What, yeah. Who are we to judge? <laughs> That's what I think about a lot with that. They gave him a little forgiveness. He's the yeah. animal. He had a second chance. Yeah. Gave me back some hair. Yeah. <laughs> we call it a... <laughs> I got free hair. Yeah. Well, so this is what like how big the, the gulf is then in these, between these two movies, or these movies, because next up we're going to talk about The Darkest Hour, which has so little to do with fish people. Uh, Gary Oldman a racist uh, domestic abuser, puts on a prosthetic face to portray Winston Churchill, who, you know, 
has other parts, but this is just the good parts. You know, he's a little mean to his secretary, but it's mostly just Winston Churchill being a good dude and saving Britain through the form of a uh, large-scale military retreat. Mm. Uh, star C. Dunkirk. So, uh, which, that's my favorite thing about this year's Oscars, I think, is that not only is there the guys in three movies, there's a the guy who's in two movies, and the retreat at Dunkirk is also making mm, yeah. two major appearances, a, fil- a thing that none of us probably thought about before no. this. I'd never uh, heard of. Well, it's funny, when I... Before this year, when I think of Dunkirk, most of the time, I thought about the Dunkirk scene from Atonement, another Joe Wright movie. Uh, So the same director of Dark Mm -hmm. Style, he did Atonement. And there's an incredible sequence on Dunkirk uh, in that movie, if you've ever seen it. Uh, But yeah, it's just weird, like... Same director, only time I think of Don- I always think about this one scene, and then this year later we get two movies, one by the same exact director. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Anson Bug Li- Bugs Life coming yeah. out at the same time. We got the two Dunkirk films from different points of view. Um, I obviously was uh, portraying my general feelings about Gary Oldman at the beginning of this, uh, and also about Winston Churchill generally. I do feel like it's weird to make a movie about uh, just the good parts of Churchill, and then also have him played by a guy who's kind of a garbage person, it seems like, but a terrific actor. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? How do you feel about that? You, I guess first question is, do you feel like Gary Oldman's getting an easy ride or am I being too hard on him? Jenna? Uh, with everything going on, he's, I mean, there's just revelations every day that mm-hmm. it just seems like he's kind of floated to the background because there's so many fantastical, crazy things mm-hmm. coming out that and he, just absurd all Totally. That. And he's got this thing sort of like uh, the president or a couple other people where it's like, well, this was in 2000. We knew this about, about this in 2001. We already gave him a pass. So we're not going to go back and be mad at him all over again. Uh, whereas people who are like, we, if we just find out today, it's worse than if we found out a few years yeah, ago. Like Casey Affleck isn't showing up this year. Yeah. 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 So he stepped out. Yeah. But he, he feels like Oldman's getting grandfathered in. I mean, even if like you, like if you search for news about him, he's not such as because grandfather. No, just grandfather. <laughs> it's a funny way to, yeah. it's a funny way to phrase like people own upset enough about his, his history. It's like, oh, he's getting grandfathered and he's getting to the past. <laughs> I mean, um, especially, yeah, if your thing is saying racist stuff in interviews, that's the perfect metaphor. Well, it is. Uh, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday about how uh, specifically Gary Oldman and the stuff surrounding him, it feels almost like the Oscars, like, uh, again, it's not like a single person. It's it's sort of like a collective pass, but this feeling that like, whoa, no, no, we fucking, we showed Franco. He didn't get nominated, so we're good. We did, yeah. we did our due diligence. Yeah. I'm making sure no scumbags yeah. by making Franco be yeah. the sacrificial lamb, but like, yeah. we'll allow all these other guys to come in or, yeah. you know, Weird. producers and stuff like that. I mean, you know, this is. I mean, this, I'm glad. I don't want to see Franco right now either yeah. as much as I enjoyed that yeah. film. But I mean, this is the same Academy Award. I mean, look at. You ever seen that clip when, like, you know, Roman Polanski won the Academy Award and they got no. a giant standing ovation yeah. and all this? Like, yeah, you know, like, this, the Oscars has a history of that. This was, you know, for the pianist, which was what, 10, 15 years 2002, ago? 2002, yeah. So, yeah, something like that. Man, um, that still doesn't make sense. I mean, <laughs> there's, it's not like that. Ju- I don't know. I have the biggest problem with Roman Polanski. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Everyone who's ever, including like Natalie Portman, who the other day said right. she's sorry she signed that thing in 2009, it's like, that wasn't that long ago, yeah. and yeah. everyone knew in 1979 what he did. It's yeah. it's shocking that people still worked with him, that yeah. still support him, that think it's okay. It's it is insane to me. I mean, mm. his I, it, it does feel like people are quick to say that the movies are good, mm-hmm. which I recognize. But there are so many good movies, I have no yeah. problem yeah. throwing away yeah. a few. I really I was a, I loved Roman Polanski movies for a mm. long time, and really just 
it's been okay to step away and say, you know what, yeah. I, it's there's too much baggage because I can't separate it myself. I used to be able to watch mm-hmm. yeah. Bitter Moon and not think about him, but Bitter Moon is one of the worst uh, movie. I mean, looking at it now, it's an evil movie. Most yeah. of them are. I mean, he's it's it. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great. And so I, how about Oldman then? Uh, even let's so let's put the asterisk by his name, and I would hope not getting any awards. I didn't really know about that at the time, and I thought he did do a pretty good prosthetic acting job. What do you guys think of Oldman in the film, or maybe the film more generally? I guess. I I, I like you know Joe Wright. I think is a really nice director, really great visual yeah. style. I love his like use of long takes. Uh, mm-hmm. The music's really good in that one as well. Like that really long take of kids being excited to see the guy on the subway. Yeah, <laughs> is that a long take? I don't know. It just felt long to me. That scene felt really long. <laughs> Janet, what do you think? No, this is one I haven't seen. Oh, you haven't seen? <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. No, no pressure. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a very average script mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was done as well as you could possibly do it like i think joe wright's a great director i mean it looked beautiful it was lush i almost want to give that more credit then to the acting and the directing mm-hmm. if like the script of, is great sort of do it's like yeah. i think like fincher like fincher movies for a long time like he would take like the game or panic room and you mm-hmm. take this sort of whatever movie but if you do it at a hundred percent everything yeah. is great it elevates and i felt Holy. like darkest hour yeah. Did that? I mean, the the design was great. The photography was great. Everything was beautiful. I do wish, though, that they had used. I wish that it had got in with Dunkirk, and I wish that, and with like strangely King's speech, because I wanted to see Colin Firth come in and play the king again. <laughs> like we already have a great king of England. We've, we've solved that. Bring him back yeah. in. I don't need the... to see someone else. I'm familiar with him. It would have been so wonderful to see all these people back. I love like, that. Just the like the World War II cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah. Just bring it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's great. And you, so in yeah. Dunkirk, when we hear, church, I want to hear Oldman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We it's have right the over there. <laughs> I, when I see, they see pictures of like Dunkirk. I want to see the kid trying to take a shit. Oh, I want to see him running around. <laughs> that would have been great. That's Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Man, if these two were in the same universe, it would be so interesting. Why not? Yeah, I love it. Uh, I I do feel like also like knowing not even that much about Churchill, I do feel a little weird about this because he's so awesome in this movie yeah. and they're like and then after the dunkirk thing he did sort of run a genocide in india like he just it turned out to not be great after this and that kind of bumps me out so i just feel a lot of weird feelings about this movie yeah it's it's almost like these people uh conflict like complex no, you don't complex get to say complex like, i gen- like, genocide overwhelms enough yeah. other things you're no longer complex you are I, I a very simple i don't know what figure. churchill did there but i mean like all, all i know from churchill is broad history and sort of his his use and importance in World War Two, like you can't just I don't know, like I don't know enough about. So just it. because you don't know about it, you can you can assume that that's unnecessary. No, I just I, I think I'll, I'll do some research and I'll come back. To you should come back because yeah. Churchill's stories is gnarly. We uh, need a thousand words. <laughs> uh, next up, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, an avant-garde film, which is just a live stream of three clever billboards that, when you drive by them, say a rhyme about Burma Shave. I was surprised to see this. Nom- Did I watch the right one? Mm. I was surprised to see this get nominated. Just uh, all the Burma Shave. I mean, they're clever. The Burma Shave rhymes, but like, it's a weird. Nothing from you, Anthony. Just a hard pass <laughs> just, on this joke. Okay. Just watching this sail by. A, gri- <laughs> a grieving mother goes to war against her whole town to try to find her daughter's uh, murder. Nobody behaves quite as you'd expect at any moment. That's the real three billboards. Yeah. I was disappointed yeah. about the Burma shave joke not working on you, but I'm going to play through. Um, yeah, this is such an interesting... Like, this and Shape of Water both are like... Man, they were, they were in a weird mood when they are voting this year, the Academy. This is a weird one. 
I'm not not in a bad way. I both like it's it's a thing that I like, but I'm surprised that other people like. I guess. See, I didn't. I I disagree. I really did not like three billboards. <gasps> oh, I, thought, I didn't like it either. I thought oh, it was a uh, no. I love no. all really? of you. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's, I think it's fatally flawed. Yeah. Same I here. think it's. Uh, I watched this movie the first time with my girlfriend, who's a who's a dramaturg, and, I, and she's she knows McDonough. And I said, at the end, I said, this feels first. This feels like three plays he was trying to write yeah. that he yeah. couldn't get, and let's jam them together. I felt logically three huge moments that didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. One when the the dad shows up, her ex husband, and puts the you know yeah, yeah. puts her against the wall, mm-hmm. and she's just passively like, "Oh, that's okay." That made no sense. Yeah, and when Sam Rockwell that. threw that guy through the window, and the new sheriff is just standing yeah. there watching him, and there's no. Nothing. He just probably yeah. killed the guy, and I—I yeah. I was like, "What?" Is it is an this? oddly yeah. consequence-free world, especially for the thing being her trying to get consequences for somebody. Yeah. Everything else is well, like, yeah. "Yeah, you can just like that's, she." That's she, not true. It's very a lot of consequences for minority characters that are there exactly. solely to be props <laughs> exactly. in white people's. Sure, the fuck, three billboards fair. is literally it's. First off, like, all right, thank you, Scottish man, for your fucking insight into American race relations. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Uh, and then secondly, it's it, to me, it just reminded me a lot of Crash. Like, it's just this, like, this, like, I get why it was not. See, to me, it's like Three Billboards is it's a good, very good performances. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, um, I was gonna. I'm not gonna make a full throated defense, but that's where I would start. But it's it's this like to me, it is when you say you don't know how movies get nominated. Three Billboards is like. Exactly what kind of movie gets really? nominated? Yeah, it's it's a, a great trailer. I feel yeah, like that about the post, but I don't know if I no, feel like that about this. Another great one too, but it's like it, in terms of like three billboards, it's a, a movie that uh, you know is deals with you know white anger and stuff like that, but making people feel okay about racism. Like it's just yeah. to me, I thought the movie. I don't, know, I don't know what it was trying to do. I really hated the way it uses like the mi- minority characters. This, I, like... I agree with that. You're totally right, and they're definitely. I agree with the fatal flaws too. I think those are weird. I, she like just uh, stabs that guy's thumb, which was one of the smaller instances. Yeah. But then everyone's just like, "That's fine." Yeah, and it's just that's the... like a major assault. And like, I don't yeah. think like the writing was very good, especially like other McDonald stuff. When you look at like oh, like some of those big monologues, I just thought were like clumsy and awkward. And yeah. it's it's just like man. it's just constantly setting up stuff in the script that comes back later. And it's just in a very clumsy, awkward way. I really did not like Three Billboards, but the performances. Yeah, performances least. are really good. But yeah. the, you have the, some of the best actors in the world. Yeah. You're gonna have good performances. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were just saying though that it's more impressive to be a good actor in a bad film, like mm. as it'd be a good director in a mediocre film. So if you think the script is clunky and the performances are great, double plus to those performances for pulling that out with a clunky script. I I just want to watch that. Uh, the 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 I like the the police chief and his his tricky. Uh, suicide, but leaves the money to keep ruining her, her mm. life with her own plan. I just, I'm, I'm into that all day long. That yeah. I thought was very interesting, and I just liked him so much. Um, I liked him. I just didn't know what movie he was in. I'm like, <laughs> why are we spending ten minutes with this? Yeah. Su- what Fair. he's gonna? Okay, where are we? What's happening? Yeah. yeah, all the motivations were really selfish, and I mean, obviously, it's ugly. Yeah, the, the impetus for it is ugly, but everybody acted really selfishly, and it was just. By the time she sets fire to the police station, I'm like, mm. really? I mean, you're you're already like, <laughs> which also turned out up fine. Everybody's yeah. lives, but and, and then yeah. the one like tiny plot thing was when his wife, the police chief wife, comes comes in to her gift shop, and she's like, oh, I'm so relieved to see you. 
And then she's like, I have this letter. It's like, oh, she didn't know who she was. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's a small town. It's a town yeah. of like 14. Yeah. 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 Well, she seemed like she didn't belong. Because she, she, was, was, yeah. she was like, she had a, a not a Southern accent. It was like an Australian yeah. She had an Australian accent. accent. She was like way more attractive than anyone else in that city. It seemed like maybe she didn't live there. Mm. She was just like visiting for well, the and, day. And <laughs> it's like she worked four days on the movie is what it felt like. Like that scene felt like, especially because that whole scene was immediately following when the guy came into a shop that's yeah. just there to like for the misdirection at the end yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. like why like the film says all these weird contri- like con- like convoluted contrivances that happen throughout the entire script yeah. which I, I really didn't but they're off yeah, to go murder tell. someone who yeah. didn't do it yeah. that's interesting and yeah. I but again I thought that was interesting I was yeah. like that I wish that everything before that had made me feel okay with it because I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. idea to have these people accept that we need to do something for us and like you know is this going to be justice but yeah. it also they're two characters from another McDonough from Seven Psychopaths yeah it's those those are the characters and mm-hmm. I thought yeah. so we've already, he's already done it before which, which like, ones every I haven't uh, seen Seven Psychopaths but oh but you you but should, just the yeah. the character types, so like yeah, the type of people instead of absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just you know no, and just like every scene, like especially the the scene you mentioned when the uh, when John Hawks, who's a really really good actor, very underrated as well, comes in and like that scene is so over the top. The flashback of the last day with the daughter is so like yeah. just heavy handed, and just the movie has. I compare it to Crash, not in sort of like it's. Um, it's the the problems are very different, but in just like it has the subtlety of a sledgehammer. The whole movie I just thought was huh. there was just no nuance to it. There's not like if you look especially like something like in Bruges, which is yeah. deals with a lot of complex stuff, but there's there's nuance, there's layers to the characters. There's like a reason why you keep having characters say retarded and midget, right? Right. And in this movie, it just felt like, well, I just want my characters to say retarded and midget constantly. So yeah. like it's just constantly throwing in this type of dialogue. It just. Three billboards really didn't work for me. I thought it yeah. was. Yeah, it, hmm. didn't, it didn't gel yeah. and it just. Man. Yeah. That, it was, no. Interesting. I'm so happy yeah. because so many people, after it came, finally came out, because I saw it a little early mm-hmm. and yeah. had to sit on it, and I was like, yeah. oh man, people are going to be so disappointed. And then so many people I would encounter were like, oh my God, that movie was so great. Yeah. And I was like, no. This is not my reputation to be the only one at a table who enjoyed a thing. Uh, so I'm uncomfortable and I'm going to move on. But <laughs> I I mean, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word. I just thought it was interesting. And that, uh, so I, uh, yeah, and mostly because of the performances. And mo- like, mm-hmm. even like as much as I think the making the, the quasi anti-hero hero the racist guy and then just has no punishment for his racist stuff, mm-hmm. it was an interesting turn. And I thought his mom was really interesting. Uh, I just kind of like their dynamic. But see, that's the thing. Is like, I, it's not interesting to me. Like, it, it's it's just like well, it's you all can't this, make me uninterested. In it's something. just like lazy shorthand, right? It's yeah. it's like the whole movie is filled with like, uh, oh, like he, you know, it's like uh, this. There's three black characters in the whole movie. One of them is never seen, is tortured before the movie starts, but right. is mentioned a lot, and they make a lot of jokes about that. There's get the best friend who's solely there to get arrested and then released, and then there's Deus Ex poster guy uh, who <laughs> just happens to have these posts. But, like, yeah. the way the movie's, like, it just uses his, like, racist shorthands, like, oh, you know, he's a scumbag, but then in one scene, his mom says something racist, so it's like, get it? He was taught that way from the system. Like, All right. It's just like it's the whole movie is just so filled with shit like that. that well, just... let's move on from that to a movie that I, didn't work very well for me, and I think you really enjoyed a Phantom Thread. Mm. The Phantom, no, 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 just no article. Phantom, Phantom Thread. Thread. A Phantom Thread. Yeah. Um, a shitty person, but a great dressmaker, played by I would assume an exhausted Daniel Day Lewis, um, who um, probably stabbed his thumb with a needle forty five thousand times to get into character. <laughs> um, 
is a, a real piece of garbage to his girlfriend, and then she poisons him, and then he really chills out. So it turns out fine. Uh, that's the that's Phantom Thread. Um, I think performances, I think uh, obviously costume design, I think the film is beautiful, but this just did not gel for me. Except for Wanting Omelets, this movie mm. did not do much for me. Uh, am I alone in this? No, I'm with you on that. I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> you and I are back on the same oh, team. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, no, it was beautifully done visually. It, of course, was stunning. But yeah, yeah. again, it just felt like, well, there's Daniel Day-Lewis mm. being Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm-hmm. But I thought uh, the female lead, um, she oh, yeah. really she, kept she pace with him. And mm. I yeah. thought that was really oh, great. Both of them did. Him yeah. and, her and the sister character yeah. both the sis- phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. The sister was nominated Absolutely. for a supporting actress, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought she was really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what kept me more entertained was watching those women deal mm. with how shitty and um, emotionally abusive mm. yeah, he yeah. was. But also still, I know he was famous and talented, but what was the impetus to mm. stay except for that she, the love interest, felt yeah. so much mm. younger than him that she was almost an orphan. Mm. And so especially yeah. at those times, it was more like food and shelter and sex. Yeah. And it, yeah, I agree. I didn't feel any any reason. I did not understand at all why that was still happening. It's like after yeah. the first couple of times, she's like, "Well, this was fun." Yeah. The end. Yeah. And we've been like a great like month long relationship, but she's like two years in. Is like at some point you should ni- be nice to me. Yeah. Yeah. And the only you know the spoiler is yeah. just that she was ultimately kind of as sick as he was, and that's where they. Yeah, and together. I and I find that to be like a bummer of a twist, which is like wait, this is this is a story about toxic masculinity, and it's like, but surprise, women can have it too. Mm. I don't know if that's what I wanted out of a story, Jason. You're tell me why I'm wrong. I I, I mean I don't I loved it. I, yeah. I've seen it a I'm couple times. I, I, it was just a beautiful warm bath that I was <laughs> totally. I I was sat the first time watching it, really enjoying myself, but really not knowing what was going to go on. And and there was a moment where I was like, something needs to happen. I'm getting. I, there was a like I don't. I'm really enjoying this, but he can't be. We it just can't be this way for 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 a couple of hours. And so I was happy for the twist. I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's it's. You know, it's nothing that I would ever be interested in. I was, but I, but I really loved it, really? and I thought yeah. the movie was about the really as much of him about the two women, mm-hmm. and how the whole movie is just really one man and all of these women, and how sort of <laughs> he's so pathetic. T- truly, mm-hmm. um, I was in it for them, and I thought they were. I thought they. I thought he was in of the three, the third. You know. Mm-hmm. He was in the third place. I thought the the, the two other were he, so. He strong. almost feels like uh, a really interesting character for the time and for the discussion we we're just having about old men or about uh, Polanski, which is like, is a person so talented that their behavior and the fact that they're a child otherwise works and makes it okay? And then the movie is like, fine. Like it's just a really interesting question, and then they just have nothing to say about it yeah. except like, well, sometimes the women can also be sick, mm-hmm. and I I just. Uh, and also, I feel surprised, but this is a problem with it. If sometimes if a surprise is too surprising, it might be because there's not enough to justify it happening. Yeah. And that's how I felt with her. Is like we have no hint yeah. of her like wanting to take care of it. There's, there's, there's no bit of that because he won't let her do anything. But I think that might play into it that he had no idea that he was so locked into his own mm. ideals that this is what he wants and he's mm. going to take this person now. I mean, he was one day out of the other relationship that we saw at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he immediately needs something else, but it was obviously she was m- more than his match. Yeah. yeah. And that she just sort of laid back and just absorbed all this and had her own agenda. 
And then when it's revealed that that was the shocking thing is to to be out of the loop as an audience for so long. Mm-hmm. So at the end when they we see that they're in cahoots was really surprising mm-hmm. to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was startling. And yeah. to, like, to me, one of the things about it, like her entire story arc is not just like her learning to be toxic like him. It's, you know, it's she's fighting for her place, right? Like she slowly stands, she starts off as a muse, right? But she's mm-hmm. like, she like fights back on him. She asserts herself. She like becomes a equal person. And all of those things thing, go you know? terribly. I mean, I don't know if it d- goes terribly. I think like the dinner? Movie, like, yeah, I mean, that's... She's like, that's her she asserting... Got what she, she, she got what yeah. she wanted. She got him this confirmed bachelor to to marry him. Well, no, but that was the her. that was the poisoning. The, the, the before right. that, she, like, yeah. everything... Anything she did before the poisoning was like, sure. I made him dinner, it ruined his life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like sure. we see her being like, oh, I'm getting a little bit of positive feedback. He does want me to take care sure. of it. She gets nothing. But I would say that she was still around. That the, yeah. the last girlfriend, yeah, you know, why? offered those and little things. Because I think there was... I think... I wonder, like, we never really... We never really. He talked about his mom a few times, and mm. I actually saw her. And I wonder if his mother wasn't like that, or he talked about their their really uh, mean nanny. If, and if I wonder if we'd like, seen mean nanny, mom, like, it would have just been really what Anthony was just saying. Like was, I think he needed that. Yeah. you know, in his life, he needed this sure. sort of and someone to fight back. But that's also, just like, like the racist mom we just were talking about in Three Billboards. Like if we'd seen, it's like, oh, mom was mean, so that's okay. Hmm. But we again, just, you were just saying that was corny. Mo- that's not what the movie is about, right? So, like in in Three Billboards, I felt like that was lazy shorthand, right? Like to me, like the Phantom Thread isn't necessarily about like his relationship with his the the way his relationship with his mother affected these things. Like that's not used there for shorthand. That's there to show like the way all these women in his life until her have enabled him. Like you look at like the sister character, the way she enables everything that he does. She supports, she builds walls around him because she doesn't want to challenge him. Like there's like my, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the, uh, the sequence when like after their first date, when he goes back to make her address and it's like this really beautiful thing. And she's like, this is like a fairy tale. This is a yeah. beautiful dress is making my things. And then the sister does and the walks in and the first thing she does is like, Big hit, small tits, exactly like he likes them. You know, like <laughs> she's the one who makes it weird. She's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. who comes in and reframes it for this situation. Like lets her know that this is, he's a protected person and he's like built up these walls to it. And like the movie to me is about this finding a relationship in which like you, you find out where you guys are good for each other and breaking down those things. Like at the end, it's an unhealthy, toxic thing they're in, but it's it's something new that he's willing to accept. Like the the mm. poisoning is a metaphor for him like learning to let go, to be dependent on somebody else besides himself. Uh, and I just, I really mm. liked it. Like I said, I've only seen it once. I think like most PTA movies, uh, you really, really like, need yeah. to see him a few times to really be able to take it in. Um, but I thought that, I, I love Phantom. Two quick things. Those. So first of all, just to give credit, Leslie Manville uh, is the uh, playing the sister. We just keep referring mm. to her as the sister, and I want to give her a little credit for that. I I think she's got a strong chance for this support, not knowing anything, but mm. I feel like she puts a good effort in for best supporting. Um, and uh, also, I guess the other quick thing is just just uh, I don't know anything about how the awards work for costume design, but uh, this feels like a strong nominee. Yeah. Oh, Darkest man. Hour is also there, and that's just yeah. men in suits. So I yeah. feel like. I'm but sure it's hard, I'm but I'm going to tell you something that I feel about some of these awards like costume design. I think uh, it's really, in my opinion, I don't, I'm going to say easy, but for Darkest Hour, you can go to a costume shop and you can get, we need, uh, we need 50, 19, 40, yeah. yeah, and this, 
Um, but um, and and they do that, like you know, Elizabeth one costume. I'm like, well, you can go and you can you're gonna buy the Elizabeth costume, but Phantom Thread, you had to create yeah. uh, a couture wardrobe for these couple years that has to look not like anything else. Right, it right. has to be believable. It can't be silly in any way, and it has to work. And you have to do it a number of times. Mm-hmm. That is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Creating his simple wardrobe, like him dressing in the morning with those 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 knee socks. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. little touches. I'm like, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Shape of Water, they had to make that dick. <laughs> you know, they did. They probably yeah. did. They did. That's a prop. Yeah. But wait, yeah. does that is that special effects? The fish guy, or that'd is that costume makeup. design? That'd be that's makeup, makeup and, probably. Uh, yeah, a mix. Yeah. So but then, I, but, but I think when you look at awards like that, like yeah. costume design, or yeah. that's what I—that's all I always look at. Or song, it's like best song. They give it to the, the animated thing, but it's really hard to create a song. Roger Ebert said years ago, about uh, they did an episode where that thing you do was on, and he's mm, like, oh, I yeah. would give it to this song because we hear that song no less than ten times. Yeah, we hear it eight different ways. It never gets old. Right. It's really good. It sounds exactly like a song that would have been a. They hit. had to write yeah. a pop hit. And they did. It, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's what I think it, about. That's really interesting. Okay, and so we, you know, Beauty and the Beast is probably going to win yeah. uh, costume design this Why? year, right? It's just because it has the most costumes yeah. of like it's got that a really one, elaborate... one yellow that's dress and a hideous it. looking yeah. monster. Mm-hmm. The dog creature looks terrible. But again, we're not talking about the the dog creature for costumes. <laughs> it's <laughs> I we're talking about the costumes. I do, yeah, uh, I do think though, that in that vein that you were just saying though, I, it's more impressive to me to make a couture wardrobe yeah. that had to fit into a real world versus Beauty and the Beast mm. where it's like fantastic yeah, also great, it can be anything. Um, I wanted to say really quickly about the costumes and yeah. about the wedding dresses. What bothered me so much is I thought oh. that would have been a great thing for all the psychological manipulation that he put her through oh. and vice versa was the huge thing about the wedding dress when his sister tried it on and then the whole thing was she modeled for the wedding dress and then she never got married. And there's a oh. lot of superstition around yeah. that and weddings and you're not supposed mm-hmm. to see the bride on the wedding day and all that. And I thought the one thing that he was going to do to mess with her was to force her to, to model try on the wedding and dress. be the fitting person for the wedding dress. And I was waiting for her to break down in oh, tears yeah. and watch the struggle of is she going to get in this dress or not and how much she wanted to get married. I thought that was a huge... Yeah. Thing that that's very clever. I think almost you know? it's unfair wow. to hold against them that they are, didn't think of this clever thing you thought of. Um, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a very good a long time. <laughs> they should call you. That's a great idea. <laughs> a really good idea. That, that feels was, like a big. It was a, a huge big miss. thing they could have mm. used. Yeah, and then that's why I was so irritated with the movie. I'm like, so it's the mushrooms. Like I wasn't <laughs> surprised by the twist. Mm. I I honestly was making my grocery list and <laughs> <laughs> I was just like I was put her really in the dress excited. like break her that's I what did. was gonna break her alright we have to move yeah. on uh, Dunkirk the British retreat slowly in three different timelines um, this is weird because it's a movie that I think I saw one of the furthest back of all of these mm. most of these I've seen in the last couple months mm. but this I saw when it came out in uh, gigant format mm. over at the Hollywood Theater and it was really incredible uh, looking and a really good time I I think it's very good, but it also feels weird to compare it because it just feels like a last year movie to me. I don't know. That's not really fair, but that's my main feeling. It's like, this was really good, but it was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, Get Out was February, so yeah. I mean, that's it, true. Get Out was a while ago yeah. too. That's but a, that's I mean, that says something that I, you know, I feel like I just saw Get Out recently. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I agree with that I feel like uh, Get Out I, feels I, more recent to me. Yeah, because yeah. it stuck with me. Well, more. it's a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like, so what? Are, I mean, uh, I love. I love Nolan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love Eddie Nolan. Uh, I love the both the Nolan brothers. I love uh, the pitcher, mm-hmm. um, Nolan. Anyway, Nolan North, Nolan the Ryan, voice actor, the Nolan North. I like any 
any Nolan. No, I I love this guy. I thought that, but I thought this was kind of a fine yeah. movie. It looked really good and big. I thought it was a, at the time a battle I'd never heard about. That's really important mm. in Europe. Uh, I, I I thought the three timelines was weird. I wish yeah. I had known going in that that was happening because mostly I didn't know. Also, most important thing, if you haven't seen Dunkirk yet, a mole has multiple meanings and it's <laughs> neither of the two you expect. The whole time, because they say like part one, the mole, and the whole time I'm like, oh man, this guy's secretly a Nazi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out later. Turns out it just means a pile of rocks in the ocean and yeah. they didn't bother to tell me, me that. So if I was if I knew that and if I knew that th- that's three different timelines instead I was like why does he keep flying over that same mm. spot of land anyway so I'm dumb that was part of my handicap if I had known those things I would have liked it even more but I feel like it was it was good it was a beautiful picture by the yeah. end there's something too like I love how um, it, it's such a minimal film like you've yep. I read about how, like the screenplay was only like forty pages or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I I did like that too. I think it is overly convoluted. Like Nolan loves his like trickery in different timelines and sort of uh, yeah nonlinear editing and stuff like that. Um, I enjoyed all of that. I really love like uh, the the sort of use of just real ass filmmaking in Dunkirk you know like some real ass like, filmmaking that's what we all say about Dunkirk like the, fir- like the first like opening 20 minutes when they're just trying to get the guy onto the stretch the stretch yeah. onto the boat like there's no dialogue in that yeah, scene yeah, yeah. but you completely understand what they're doing yeah. what their plan is and it's just done entirely through visual storytelling and I, I think yeah. that's really cool the whole uh, time I was watching it I was like this is some real ass filmmaking yeah it is. It, is. it is. Yeah. It was real. It was a bunch of people out there. Yeah. The on the mole. Bunch on of real. Ex- bunch of real extras. Bunch yeah. of real practical effects. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean Nolan does kind of. I don't know. I get why he does it, but his like, his love of like PG violence and otherwise like what should be like O-rated movies does oh, kind of yeah. like like Dunkirk is a completely bloodless yeah. movie. Like no one is suffering. He doesn't show any. He's not into the horrors of war. Right? right. He's just into like the ticking time clock intensity, which is yeah. that's an interesting take. But like, it is interesting. Yeah, no one hates real. Violence. I also feel like if I knew the if I knew a little bit about Dunkirk going in, it would have like if I'd known how important this was and what a big deal it was, I might have been more more into it mm. but again that's three things in a row where my stupidity hurt the movie and that's not really a fair <laughs> judge although you used it as an excuse for not uh being as mad at churchill as i am um <laughs> but i like i don't know what's the required reading list to, to a movie how fair is that and what did you think of dunkirk did you see him uh dunkirk and call me by your name are the other okay oh. cool. no problem no problem <laughs> no that's good i mean nine is a lot of films uh <laughs> Actually, I just somebody at a stand-up show yesterday was asking if anyone had seen all the Oscar movies, and then I was the only one who raised their hand, and she was like, man, it must be nice to be rich and bored. <laughs> so, I get it. It's a lot of really? movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of films. I mean, it you is. see a it lot. Yeah. It, no, it, I do. I do. It is. And it's, you, you know. You see hundreds of sometimes movies Sometimes to get up for, like, I didn't want to see Dunkirk. I wasn't, like, dying to see Dunkirk. Yeah. And the first time I saw it, I saw it on a really smaller screen. Oh. And I didn't like it. And so I saw it again recently. They played again at the Hollywood in yeah, Saturday. Yeah. So I went and saw it. Liked it a lot more. Oh, yeah. But when I first saw it, I I was so confused at the timelines because I didn't remember see, seeing the little things that said number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. It, it would one say week. the mole. Oh, one week. you'll miss yeah. it. And, the, yeah. Yeah. and I, then when I saw it again, I was like, God damn it! So, so okay. it played much better. So that's the not just time. me. Yeah, yeah. No, the first time I didn't pick it up at all, and so uh, I was really confused by it. Mm-hmm. Too much so, and I I mean I liked the minimal aesthetic. Yeah. I liked that it was a real just sort of like art film that cost a hundred million dollars but then i was also i 
I didn't love it. I felt yeah. like at a distance from it. I, I mean, just as a as a partial recommend, definitely seventy millimeter at Hollywood is a fun way to see yeah. a film. Yeah, it's I mean, a fantastic it's experience. To see that um, it was really beautiful. But saw, I, yeah, I saw that one, and 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 uh, I saw the uh, uh, the the Tarantino. Oh, hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Yeah. I saw that way too, which is another film yeah. I'm not sure I would have liked, but I liked in that format, in that environment. You know what doesn't get talked a lot about in Dunkirk? How weird that last shot of the movie is when it just cuts I back to remember. that kid's face and then yeah. it cuts the black. It's a very weird last shot. I don't know what and he's he was like. Thinking. Well, I guess that was Dunkirk, yeah. and then he shrugs. It was weird. Yeah, well, it was an Cook, odd choice. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's also continue on our flashback to early last year. Get out. The better half of Keelan Peel makes his directorial debut. That's, I don't actually know that. I just thought That's it'd be a, a fun take. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of Keelan Peel makes his directorial debut in this heartwarming comedy about the differences between men and women. Um, this remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that was my other joke summary. Anthony was more into that one, but Jason let it go by. All right. Anyway, it's about race. Um, it's a horror comedy, <laughs> which uh, I can't say I've seen a lot of. I think this is. Uh, by far the most interesting movie on mm. this list. Uh, in, in, mostly in that this is just a thing that we haven't done much. Yeah. This is a uh, this is a genre he has built, and also of these movies, I would think this is the one that I walked out of and felt like that was a perfect movie. Yeah, I, this just, is a thumb in the eye of a lot of people. It is, yeah. and yeah. also just like such a clever screenplay. Like the amount of so little things clever. that are set up and paid off. Yeah. The the exploration of like. It's themes are like done through plot stuff, you know. Like he literally frees himself at the end by picking cotton out of the chair. It's like yeah, all these like little so things. So you know? clever. The conversation between like uh, judo and the other martial arts about how you have to think ahead of your opponent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then at the end, that's how he beats the brothers yeah. by thinking ahead of him. Yeah. Like just yeah. every little thing in that movie is paid off. Um, it's very. I think clever. so much at the end of when I look at like a, a best picture list, I think of like um, I look at the direction. I think who. Who could have directed these movies? Could someone else have directed mm, Dunkirk and been as good? And I'm like, yeah, mm. any of the people on that list probably could have. Who could have directed Get Out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who Nobody. could have made that movie? Mm. And so yeah. for me, it always yeah, like that's, that's how point. things rise up. I'm like, well, Shape of Water, someone could have taken that fanciful. Spielberg could have made that yeah. movie. Totally, totally. You know, um, but like Get Out is the one that ke- like, I keep coming back to. Like that, I've never seen anything yeah. like it. I've never felt like that during mm. a movie. And <sighs> one of my favorite things about Get Out is just this theory, this question I've had for years. I've wanted to see someone do, which is like, so it's how I don't like the categories for Get Out is weird, but most people kind of say like it's a horror comedy, right? Yeah. If you want to be real reductive about it. But what I think is so brilliant about, thanks, uh, especially that kind of uh, title is most horror comedies are horror films that they take the like the horror tropes and they extend them out to the point that they become comedic, right? So they're really like horror movies with comedy. Right, right. Get Out is a, a comedy movie essentially that takes comedic tropes and expands them yeah. out to the point that they become horror tropes. Like it's the point. reverse Inverse yeah. of most of these types of movies. Like, yeah. Shaun of the Dead is a horror comedy that's just running through right. horror tropes. Right, right. And, like, the way Get Out takes these uncomfortable situations and then explores them and things that would normally be played as humor and then takes them to the point that they become horrifying, I just thought is such a brilliant thing. And I would love to see more movies. I'm almost do terrified that, you know? of that last part you just said. I Because I know he ju- he's starting directing his next film, yeah. like, in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. And... 
uh, a directorial debut this good just makes me real nervous about what the next oh, one's going to be. I was saying the other night, I Moonlight was I've loved the movie Moonlight from yeah. last year. Yeah, I think about it all the time, and I'm I don't almost don't maybe want the Barry best Jenkins. picture. We don't even know. Mm-hmm. Don't want Barry Jenkins to make another movie. I'm like, how do you yeah. how do you top what you did? Yeah. There's some things where I'm like, how did you was it all there? And like, mm. get out. I'm like, this was there will be nothing like this ever. Yeah, again. Or or it'll be so it'll be brilliant, but it'll feel similar, yeah. and so we'll be disappointed, yeah. even though it is clever again. I don't know. I think he's got everything to back it up, though. I mean, he's been Certainly waiting does. a lifetime, and there are yeah. so many people that have been waiting for this change. And I think even this time last year, this movie wouldn't have been nominated at all. And the yeah. fact that it is nominated, and it and there was yeah. a lot of worry about it, even making it to maybe even getting best screenplay, but the fact that he got nominated for best director as well is huge, and he's yeah, yeah. ready to seize the moment. And I would lo- I more mean, than I, again, I don't know anything about predicting these things, but it feels weird to pick a movie that does have a lighthearted tone of even even if it's a separate part to have something that is this comedic mm. seems like a tough choice to make but uh, again like isn't that like also like refreshing like most oscar it's movies amazing. that when yeah, these yeah, things yeah. are like not that the 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 cliche big oscar movies they you know, are, right? Right? they've put so many lame things in yeah that they're why can't they put something mm-hmm. that actually like i was stunned that moonlight probably won last year <laughs> yeah like i was so happy i was like you i have it's been i don't know when I can remember a movie that deserved to win mm. that much, in my opinion. I just can't get over. I was just thinking about this the other day. Just how fucked up it is how the Oscars ended last year and how Moonlight yeah. never got to have their moment on stage. I mean, they, they did. dealt with that. They, you, they, but it was after the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But they, they got, didn't. They never got to be announced as the best yeah, picture. Yeah. They only got to be yeah. a fix. Hey, of I a hope problem. that's the first thing they do this year. Is <laughs> They, the first thing they do is come out and announce best oh, picture for yeah. last year would That's be a amazing. great idea because why they give they them deserve, the moment. I mean, it you know it wasn't just some any other movie. You know what I mean? It make, wasn't Chicago or some yeah. bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. winning. It was, in my opinion, one of the best movies of the last yeah, two yeah, years. Yeah. And, and they had to watch. Uh, just these goofy white people who explain jazz to each other come up on stage and get best picture for a moment only to have it and then you it just must have been a just an awful they could have had such a moment and have that totally taken away it's just weird sad not i mean i i've like la la land's grown on me but it really is just white people explaining jazz and that does get get tiresome loved it when i first saw it and i saw it again recently oh it was like what (laughs) <laughs> what were we doing like, collective delusion beautifully made and there's a lot of good things but I'm like this. there's a lot of there's a lot of white people yeah. explaining That's things a behind the scenes push too and I know it wasn't uh, a Weinstein film but it's going to be interesting with him out of the game now because he's run such yeah. legendary yeah. Oscar campaigns yeah. I mean he's manipulated yeah. <laughs> probably every yeah. win for decades now so it's going to be interesting to see who steps up and like a wide open field. I mean, that, I, I yeah. wonder if Get Out can't pull it out. My, my girlfriend was saying, racing. who is the most intelligent person she's I know. She's got a lot saying, of uh, stage time tonight she in is, show. She's, I mean, I spent a lot of time with her. She's like, <laughs> I, we're talking about, she's like, I think Get Out. And I'm like, yeah. this is, yeah. I'm not going to be surprised be if it, I like have no idea really, but. I think best screenplay, it probably has unlock. I, I, I can't I imagine uh, anything else. Best original that. screenplay. Yeah, best, best original, original yeah. Screenplay. Yeah. Um, um, what else is on best original screenplay? Lady Bird's on there. Lady Bird, uh, Lady uh, Big Sick. Big Sick, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a good list. It's a Man, great I list. I kind of want Big Sick to <laughs> Again, it's like I, I, there's a point where I wish that all the nominees could be like, if that could be like one stage of it, like you got nominated 
this is great. Get a thing. This is how I feel about mm. the uh, the Olympics. I just want to give everybody gold medals for doing it. Anyway, um, we gotta keep. We got a couple more things we gotta get through. Uh, uh, Lady Bird. The coming of age story of President Lyndon Johnson's wife masturbating in a church in Sacramento. That one's only <laughs> half of a joke. Um, that's because my mom thought this movie was about Lady Bird Johnson until embarrassingly late in the movie. Mm. She told me. <laughs> I didn't know she was a time traveler. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking that. She ended up yeah. back in. She was like, I didn't realize no. she was from Sacramento. And then later she's like, I think the time period is off for this. Yeah. Oh, this is like this is like Baz Luhrmann's so Romeo cute. and Juliet. Yeah. They yeah, yeah, adapted yeah. a classic story to the 90s. <laughs> uh, I, th- this one uh, was uh, was weird for me because I, uh, I've i driven through Sacramento a lot and it didn't show the gas station I usually stop at. So it was like not my Sacramento. They didn't go to Motel Sizzler. Yeah, it was, I have very specific Sacramento <laughs> memories. They didn't do it. They also, for a movie that's supposedly about Sacramento, didn't mention the capital. It's yeah. weird. It just had some weird choices about the you, city to show. Do you think Ladybird was about Sacramento? Is that what you uh, like? A lot of people. Uh, Ladybird, a Sacramento yeah, story a is the subtitle. People, I'll take two for the Sacramento movie. I'm not, I'm not being. I'm not. I'm not just being a dick. I like a lot of people have mentioned this as like a, among other things, a love letter to her hometown and about figuring oh. out you love the city you grew up in, even if you hated it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people mention it a love letter to Sacramento. And I'm just saying, first of all, if you do love Sacramento, you're probably wrong. And second of all, you didn't show the Sizzler. And the Sizzler is the part that I enjoyed the most as a kid because it had um, uh, unlimited ice cream. <laughs> really I'm enjoyed that. The, uh, Tower Records got their There's their a Tower Records, yeah, yeah. For a second because that is a big part of Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, what did you Hashtag say? Hashtag not my Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not my Sacramento. <laughs> Uh, Definitely did that. Um, uh, yeah, what do you well, Lady Bird? Uh, it was just, it was very sweet, and mm-hmm. I loved it. And especially being a woman and doing that complication with a mother daughter relationship, and how much you fight and yeah. love and hate each other. And I just, I loved it. I, I really, really thought it was sweet. I don't know how much it said, you know, for what statement it made, but it was just, I thought it was really. Really, it made me happy, and I just really loved sitting through it. And I mean, not to be a downer, but it was, it's just such an innocent, sweet time. And it's just the coming of age story that kids are going to have now Mm. involve a lot uglier, a lot more uh, internet porn. No, I mean, I mean, violence and guns. And you shouldn't have tried to riff on that. You're right. Good point. It's just, it's a coming of age story that is, uh, it, it does exist in that time, and it, it's when people think about their childhoods now, it's something very different. Oh. I definitely thought it was sweet. Yeah. I do. The only thing that holds me back from, I think, totally loving this film was that feeling like it really didn't say that much at the end. And I, like, she she just comes to the point where it's like, well, my mom's super abusive, but I guess I like her a little bit. Same with Sacramento. Like, it was terrible at the time, but I guess I like it a little bit. Catholic Church has been really terrible to me, but I guess I like it enough. I just wanted a bit more th- something at yeah, the end. I don't know. I just felt a little hollow afterwards. I thought it was lovely, and I, I thought... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there is, because I don't think there was any kind of big realization for her at the end. And I that's what I'm saying. We, I wish there was. I, yeah, and I, but I don't know. I don't know. I was fine with it, because I... Uh, I don't know if whatever answer there was there was going to satisfy me. Mm-hmm. I just there was this continuum that was going to be there that it was I so. I kind of wanted her to not like her mom anymore. I don't know. This is yeah. this is a terrible take, but I was just mad at her for liking her mom because she just didn't deserve it. And I don't care if her mom was worse. Her mom just needed to learn how to talk to her better in order to get her to call. 
you can't just in thrown away letters. That's enough for me to forgive you. Yeah. Say one thing to me that's nice. Oh my god, I would give anything to have <laughs> anything like that for my mom. I mean, yeah. it's mm. there's there's darker stuff. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's I, worse. Moms. I just want her to find herself more and not in reminiscing about her mom in Sacramento and and, and Catholicism because all of those treated her badly as a kid. Yeah, and then she goes to college. When she wanders back into the church, I was like, ah, oh, you almost. You're in college in New York, like now yeah. flourish. I wanted to just see it end when the plane took off, like that. Would, you know, totally. she's going off to the unknown, and that's even then, because then I would have filled in her growing and changing yeah. instead of her just kind of coming back. Uh, I, I, I definitely think it was lovely. I thought, uh, um, her name is, is her name Sasha? Sasha, Sasha, Sasha Rona, but Sorcy. It's yeah. spelled Sorcy. crazy, but I thought Sersha. Rona. Sersha. Yeah. Sersha? 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 None of these are real. Sersha. No, Sersha. Anyway. Yeah. Ms. Ronan, I thought it was a, just a really fun, crazy job. Yeah. Um, Khaleesi? I don't know. That's a different person. Um, uh, the Post, Meryl Streep and Thomas the Hank Engine run the Washington Post, the number two newspaper in the East Coast, I guess. Hank is the editor and Streep is the first female publisher of a major newspaper. As it lucks into relevance during the Nixon presidency, because the New York Times is in timeout, and, uh, oh, by the way, the New York Times is run by Abe Rosenthal, portrayed adequately by Michael Stahlberg. Um, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. He's very good. The is fact he in it? You have my money. <laughs> <laughs> he's in three of the best yeah, picture nominees this year. That is crazy. Only happened twice since 1930. It happened a couple times in the 30s, but that's not impressive. There were only like six movies. Yeah. But uh, it happened. Uh, it's very rare. And I, that's so impressive. But anyway, um, you know, John Oliver made a joke about the post the other day uh, that was like, I walked out of it and I was like, that was probably good. And now I couldn't tell you what it was about. Mm. And I, I felt like that was a pretty good capture. Of it. Like, I think it's very solid. Yeah. And I just have not thought about it ever again. It's so unremarkable. I thought, I mean, yeah. it's it's such a, it, I, I love the little, I like some of the touches they put near the end with um with like the women, every time Catherine Graham would go somewhere, yeah, yeah, you'd see the, the, she'd the walk girls through this phalanx yeah. that looked at her, and yeah. I thought that that's what was getting me. But so I cool. also had a problem with the the moment where she's on the phone with everybody, and she has to make the decision mm. to uh, do it. And I think that there was nothing that backing up in the movie that would have led her to say, "We're gonna run with yeah, it." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was yeah, I, did, did I agree with that. that totally. She was so. I mean, her trust, most trusted advisor said, we can't do it. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, we're going to. And I was really troubled by that because I know in totally. real life she did it. Mm -hmm. But I also think. Give us a they, hint of her thought yeah. process. They sort of made her a little too weak. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, she, Catherine Graham was n not weak. I've read mm -hmm. books on her. And yeah. I'm like, I was really like, this is not the Catherine Graham I've read about. I'm so glad yeah. you mentioned that because that was the one thing it about that really stuck out of me. It was like, oh, I yeah. love her after that. And I just wish I had a hint as to why she did that. It was like, to me, like the post was, uh, I was very conflicted about it when I first saw it because it's a very slight movie. Like you said, like it's, it's, it isn't about the Pentagon Papers. At all, like no, they're they're completely which and one of the more interesting things yeah. in the history of the United States, but and they're like, just like kind of there in a big pile. But that's what I thought. There's so many other like I thought we were going to get that. So I thought there's going to be you know all the president's men spotlight. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah. She has one of the writers with spotlight. I definitely um, thought it was going to be more spotlight than it was. And like it, it it's instead it's a small story. Like I think that it's really more of a story about Catherine Ga Graham finding confidence and a voice in like an incredibly male dominated world and feel like that's the story he yeah, was yeah. telling. It's a much more small. Also, but like it's it's just weird like which I is not an insult i would love it to be that story yeah. i just wanted it more of that yeah exactly because the thing is like it does do like 
it does have enough time doing the investigating journalist stuff that I think like, oh, maybe it's trying to do that right. and this other side story. Yeah. It just felt like uh, like a trying to serve two masters without being another focus. Um, I had a couple a couple of thoughts on this. One is that uh, I, Meryl Streep and Thomas the Hank Engine are both terrific actors who also do a lot of corny shit. Mm. And so I wasn't sure if we were going to get them, you know, uh, swinging for the fences or if we were going to get you know, Mamma Mia or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, I, both of them were uh, very impressive. I thought yeah. much better than I was expecting given that the last couple things I've seen them in recording. I thought yeah, both, I thought it was about we, time Meryl Streep big finally from, did a good performance again. Not, right? I mean, she yeah. never... I'm not saying... She, I didn't say never. I said she <laughs> she can do both. You saw Mamma Mia, right? I mean, no, she, I she does... Mama. She phones it in sometimes yeah. and has a good time. Same with Tom. And I. so it was just nice to see both... The, like Watching them both together was more incredible than I was expecting. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I also like the I also, cinematography a lot. And like yeah. I love like, Spielberg's camera work is really yeah. good in uh, the post. Yeah. I did like Bridge of Spies more if we're talking about like Spielberg's yeah, yeah. recent like his three sort of historical dramas he's done in a row and now he's following Those it up with Ready Player One. Park. Oh what? Well Lincoln Bridge right, Spies right, right, in this right. was his last three movies and now oh, he's man. doing yeah. Ready Player One, which is such a weird combo breaker there. <laughs> I think it's well he's gotta mix it up yeah. at some at this point. Cause uh the other 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 thoughts, one was uh the people I went to see this in a small theater, it was crowded, but it was like twenty five people or whatever, and they kept clapping at monologues and like <laughs> yeah, yeah get it girl like they were so into it as if these were people and i have not been as furious in a movie in a long time mm. why is this happening portland why are we doing this they can't hear you you're you, in portland you do not have to clap <laughs> at meryl street 25 58 year old white people <laughs> <laughs> they were so stoked for meryl street but just keep it inside i was stoked for meryl street yeah, yeah, but i'm like too. keep it in oh She's not really there. <laughs> Save it for when you meet her. No, I agree with Jason too. I wanted, I wanted more strength from yep. the mm-hmm. Catherine yep. Graham character, and and again, that was just it was what it was all about, and it was a quieter story than I was expecting. But yeah. I, when her voice was trembling and everything, I'm like, she. I think she had more. She had a thought than process, that. presumably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing that I, the thing I loved the most about this movie, which is a little more about me than it is about the movie, but is the the way they made newspapers is so crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they're like, they type it up on a typewriter and then hand it to someone who has a giant typewriter mm. that when he types it drops letters into blocks, which then go melt into a lead sheet of paper that why that, that is then printed it's just so beautiful mm. like at the end if it was just a how it's made about newspapers at that time i would have watched two hours of it plus the uh the mr show and breaking bad reunions oh, yeah, really yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. mr show were you bob yeah. and david yeah. at yeah. the yeah. hanging out yeah. yeah oh that made me Great. so happy and then jesse plemons and bob yeah, yeah, yeah. from breaking bad yeah, also I, some screen that, time together, yeah, yeah. I thought that was neat yeah. Oh man, that was cool. Uh, my dad worked for newspapers when I was growing up, and so like when I was a kid, I got to like go in and see the printing press, and I have oh, such vivid memories of giant rolls of newspaper on little trains. Yeah. So like that to this newspaper scene was really meaningful to me. And Bradley Whitford also in Get It. So that's that's yeah. another actor yeah. that's in multiple yeah, yeah, yeah. Best Picture yeah. nominations this year. A good Ooh. prick in both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, um, call me by your name. Our final picture to round this out. A beautiful story of an Italian boy who makes love to a French girl, an American man, and an Italian peach. It's featuring a stirring monologue by the boy's dad, played adequately by Michael Stolberg. Um, and this is starring Timothy Chalamet, I'm going to guess, uh, who uh, is also the character in Lady Bird. Um, he also plays a boy who takes virginities and reads too much. And in the movie, he speaks French and Italian and English all beautifully. Uh, very impressive child. 
Mm. Um, you haven't seen it. You haven't yeah, seen this I've one either. You saw it, of course. Yeah, it's my favorite movie of the year. Really? I loved it. Tell me why. I was destroyed by it. I think it's one of the most subtly beautiful yeah. love stories I've ever seen. It it's was very beautiful. It was astonishing. And Michael Sulbark at the end gives one of the great monologues. His monologue. One of the great fantastic. performances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was it was It was a little surprising to drop that much emotional weight on a character that we hadn't seen that much of to give him that closing monologue. And I wonder, it was an interesting I, choice. And I wonder if there was I mean, I know that the movie was like five hours long, the original mm. cut, and there was a lot oh, of really? stuff they cut out, but I also <laughs> felt like I also felt like we've we've sort of we we check in with the that father character throughout and you see him observing more. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was sort of it, it, it paid off there. But I've never seen a movie, much like Lady Bird, I've never seen, I don't know what it was like to be a girl in high school, right. to see that experience, um, but to see, uh, to have been a teenage boy, mm-hmm. and have some of those things was, you know, uh, granted, I was not in... You're not in, a bisexual Italian boy. I was not in Italy, having these things, but I, um, it was stunning, and yeah, it yeah. felt no, it's, fresh, it's and it felt uh, true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never seen it. To be, to be put in a time and a place so effortlessly, mm-hmm. oh. I... It was, it's absolutely beautiful. I, I, I really did enjoy it. I thought the acting was incredible. That, that monologue is really great. Um, I mean, obviously, the Italian countryside is really fun to hang out. Like, yeah. rich people are always the fun people to hang out with. It's a lazy summer in Italy. It's weird. Tony Hammer keep getting woke for some reason. <laughs> he's <laughs> really, and he's really yeah, good. I was really, really I went into it knowing that either there was there was a lot of talk about it, but I was like, Army Hammer's going to get in there and he's going to be too good looking. Mm. And he was wonderful. He was just wonderful and effortless. The he whole was, thing he effortless. was good. He's come a long way since Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. He was in Gossip Girl? Oh, yeah. Oh, he has man. a little three or four arc episode with Serena Vanderwoodson. Well, oh, goodness. I, the... I, the only thing that I was, my only concern was the was the length. And it's funny you said that it used to be five hours because, like, a story w- with that many scenes of boys swimming in a river, yeah. you could have cut three of the swimming scenes, kept it under two hours. No one would have noticed. There's no reason this had to be two <laughs> hours, fifteen minutes, if it's mostly just pictures of them cycling and swimming. Sure. Like, just you just clip it down. You're not going to lose anything. I don't know. I was like, I could have, I could have really said. I, I didn't know tired. how long it was when it was over. I was like, we we could keep going. It was just so. It was so lovely. It's rare that I get dropped in. I feel like I get dropped into a a, a world where I'm just mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I am. Man, and I was in bits at the end. I was I was just. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's it is a yeah. It is a sad, beautiful, beautiful thing. Um. Also, Army Hammer. What a crazy fucking name, huh? Mm. How does that happen? Uh, he owns Arm and Hammer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, legit. That's his family. Is He's it like really? Super 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 rich. His name is Armand, and he goes by Army. No, so that is. He's named but, after Arm and Hammer. It Armand. That, no, it is. No, that's, that's his family. No, you're not. That. You're not. You're, no, I'm dead. Serious. His he name is, literally is Arm, Arm and mashed Arm together. Armand. Yeah. Hammer. Yeah. No, he is super, super rich. And there's a really this uh, woman who writes for BuzzFeed and Helen Peterson. <laughs> yeah. She's an incredible writer, and she did an article just about ten long years of making Army Hammer happen and how gorgeous white men get a million chances and he's one of them like he's just had this machine behind him forever but that article i did like that even Mm -hmm. omi hammer responded like this is just mean for no reason like (laughs) (laughs) like there's a lot of other people that you could shit on like omi hammer at least has like a good filmography with some pretty good roles behind him you know like like him Yeah. yeah But now I'm thinking, what did he, who got, you know, knifed for him to get up there, you know? I mean, to be good in the social network is one thing, but then to do, you know, middling things and then to have the Lone Ranger. Yeah, exactly. 
just a catastrophe, Aren't which is you? not his fault mm-hmm. necessarily, but still, like he's still bobbing around. And I'm my hats off to him for taking this role because yeah. a yeah. lot of attractive white men aren't going to take mm-hmm. this part. Yeah, and his family. I mean, he really wants to be a legit actor, and I I really do think he's talented. But his family didn't want him to become an actor. Like they are very wealthy, and the the people at that level they don't want that kind of attention. I, they wanted him to stay. Just for the record, I cannot confirm that it is actually named after Arm and Hammer. Um, or like so supposedly his grandfather, whose name was uh, Julian Armand Hammer, um, was named after the Arm and Hammer graphic symbol of the Socialist Labor Party. But I have I cannot confirm, and they are they are billionaires from oil and a bunch of other stuff. So it's still possible, and I just haven't found it. That's just one of the things I their just, family owns. Yeah, it could very. I, I mean, I, I'm not I hate to disagree. I mean, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I have not yet confirmed this. I believe you. I like um, Army Hammer less now. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want billionaires <laughs> getting into the acting and doing these little. Kid. I hate. Just like, uh, I hate when they're also attractive. Like I mm, think they should all be like I those inbred princes from the 1500s, where it's yeah. like you get to be rich, but you are frail. Yeah. You can't go outside. Yeah, like Dustin Hoffman <laughs> getting famous. That's yeah. you know what I mean. Dustin Hoffman, who looks like Dustin Hoffman. That's that's who I want. Mm. I don't need these <laughs> rich guys. I just want these little trolls. Today's episode is brought to you by our fabulous Meat Buddies. Today we have a brand new Meat Buddy that we need to thank, Alexis in New York City, who gave us a very generous donation this this week, um, and uh, who asked, I would love a pep talk for an upcoming speech I have to give at my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. I hate public speaking. Keep up the great and funny work, Chef Fadi Rules, which is a reference to our uh, spinoff podcast, Pack Your Mics, about the Top Chef, about Top Chef, um, which you should all be listening to as well if you like Top Chef. But... Um, Thank you, Alexis. So we, as you as you guys know, obviously, uh, we uh, we do a small segment where we thank our guests and we can we give a variety of things. One of them is a pep talk. So she has chosen that as the product. So you guys are gonna have to help us. We're gonna give her a pep talk about public speaking at her parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary. Okay, first thing. Yeah, look, this is gonna sound maybe a little bit more stressful, but keep in mind this is your parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary. Everyone is rooting for you to succeed, right? So it's not like it's not like a lot of other public speaking. Definitely waiting for you to tell a joke, and that was a genuine. No, I mean, I'm I'm being like honestly. That's the most important that's going to make you feel. It's not like public speaking to it. It's strangers when they are not. They don't have. They're just neutral. The friendliest room you'll ever in your life get. These are people rooting for you to succeed. All you have to do is tell one sweet story mm-hmm. roast your dad a little bit yep, yep, you know? yep, yep. Uh, the bar is extraordinarily low yeah. <laughs> you just gotta step over it yeah yeah yeah, yeah and if these are your parents so like everyone is like this is gonna be beautiful no one is yeah. gonna be like uh, expecting you to bomb or wanting you to bomb yeah. this it sounds a like point. such a sure thing I'm ready to fly there and do it myself because <laughs> I need a win <laughs> Do not picture them naked. I was yeah. just going to say, when you were doing this whole thing about how it's your family and it's the, it's the, such a friendly crowd, I thought for sure you were going to say, so don't picture them naked. It's yeah. normally good advice no. for a family yeah. gathering like this. Probably skip it. But do practice. Do practice yeah. in the mirror. Even hold yeah. a microphone. I, that I agree. Helps. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Standing up. Hold a yeah. microphone. Yep. 
get a good sense of how that microphone works, all right? Because oh, that's the worst thing at weddings is people like, oh, I got this microphone. I'm going to stand back here. <laughs> oh, my God. I- my mom and dad first met. <laughs> and it's just like, no, have it right. Have it on yeah, yeah. your mouth. You know, get have it closer it right than there. seems necessary. Yeah. Like, make it invading your personal yeah. space. And th- this is not a pep talk anymore. Now, Alexis, we're just giving you a lecture on microphone etiquette because mm. this is so important. so important. 90% of this is them being able to hear you. So yeah. a mic should rest it on your chin. It should be mm-hmm. almost touching your face or actually touching your face the yeah. whole time. If there's a mic stand and you can't, take it out of the mic stand so you mm-hmm. can keep it closer to your face forever. We are all right now leaning up on microphone. It looks like we're all about to 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 blow these microphones. Yeah. We're that and close. If it's a wireless mic, you know, stretch your legs a little bit. Sure. So walk around the room, get a sense of the space. I would. I think if you could open with a very short joke, mm-hmm. uh, and then I totally agree with Anthony's life. Just one short story about how, like, a sweet story about how lovely they are together, mm-hmm. and then roast your dad a little bit. So I could, could not think of better advice. Um, and uh, like, uh, as an opening, super short joke. If you were going to say something like, uh, "This is a beautiful party." Dad, you did a great job on it. That'll almost always get a laugh because mm. no one assumes he did any work on the party. That's a free wedding toast joke, too. Yeah. Always works. Compliment the groom on how nice the wedding was. I did that at Anthony's wedding. Yeah, and did. it went really well. <laughs> and I was like, this is a good joke. Solid. I'm going ha- to sell this to people because I like this. This <laughs> is especially true because your wife is like an event planner and did a lot of work on it. Uh, but anyway, free joke. So you can have that one if you want. Anyone else planning a wedding speech? Um, we have friends who sell wedding speech writing uh, for a company who I'm not going to plug because I can't remember their name and I don't care. But um, uh, all of them have like the one joke to open with in their back pocket. So if yeah. I ever got a job with them, that's what I would open, <laughs> tell them to open with. But yeah, just enjoy it, Alex. I know public speaking is terrible, but this is like, uh, this is just friends and, and it's just going to be such a wonderful feel. Like when you're up there, you won't feel a hug from an audience very often like you will yeah. from this one. So just And once you're started in, and in the middle of it, you're like, I'm almost done. It's There's true. nothing yeah. better this than being done. This is the 4.30 of my speech. Yeah. You're almost oh. to the end. Oh. Yeah. You know, remember, this is, uh, this is not about you. Yeah. Don't. Don't run, don't run it too long. Keep it nice and tight. Oh man, you know, under short, five. If yeah, you under can. five if you can. Um, don't say anything racist. Uh, that's that's some solid advice. Yeah. Uh, Even if your parents are racist yeah. or of yeah. different races, yeah, just skip don't. that for just, now. It's a good rule of thumb. Um, <laughs> for many things, that's yeah, in a yeah. lot of occasions. <laughs> yeah. As general public speaking advice, if you can skip it, yeah. unless you're like um, uh, a ventriloquist trying to make it on the circuit, that usually helps to be racist. Mm-hmm. They love that. Uh, the old ventriloquist circuit, which <laughs> is just like rural Kentucky. How are there so many of them? Where are I they coming know. from? Yeah. There was a one on one America's Got Talent again, the, the third time in 12 really? years. Yeah. Oh, 25% of our talent is puppets. Anyway, uh, I think that'll help you, Alexis. And thank you so much for generous donation and um, really uh, all our love to your parents. This is a 50th anniversary. Is a real cool party to get invited yeah. to. I think that's amazing. What is that? The is that the gold anniversary? What is the 50th anniversary? I mean, I'm assuming Silver? back when we named anniversaries, yeah. people didn't live long enough to mm. have 50ths. So maybe it's well, not even a thing. Maybe this is like a, this is the a... unobtainium anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gold, right? It probably is. Yeah, I don't. Know. Feels good. <laughs> get him gold some feels right. Get him yeah, some gold. gold yeah. That's our other yeah. advice. Uh, awesome. All right. And thank you. And you can also become a meat buddy. Get one of these great, uh, they tend to be more advice than pep talks, but we had a little pep in there. Yeah. Um, You're going to do great. You're going to kill it. Read redistribute.com slash meat buddies. Even a small donation helps keep us floating down the tracks. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate all of our meat buddies. Meat buddies, 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 meat buddies. 
Now it's time for lightning bonus round. We're going into the lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We're going to finish this shit up. This is our, our, our fadeaway segment at the end of the show where we're running on uh, fumes. But here's what we like to do. We like to play a game where we talk about things that are inspired by the topic, but not necessarily about the topic itself. Uh, this week, because we're talking about all these Best Picture nominations, I was thinking about how the, you know, the Grammys have like six awards on TV. But then you like read the results and there's like 85 bands that won awards. And for like crazy shit, it was like best drum fill, like just a million awards. Um, so I'm just assuming Once again in the air tonight for the last 20 <laughs> years in a row, best drum fill. <laughs> you were so into that riff. You've been leaning back in your chair. He came in hot and like face first into the microphone for that riff. It was great. It was great. But you almost died. Um, so I'm just going to assume that just like that, the Oscars are also... Uh, an iceberg. So, what are the other awards we think are deep down inside the Academy's list? What other uh, awards? So, for example, most delicious, delicious-looking eggs, hands down. Go to the omelet and phantom thread. Just ton of butter. They're poison mushrooms, but you could do regular. You could just do like a chanterelle, that bright orange. Um, also, a classic French omelet where you put this, the the uh, the vegetables in with the mixture instead of putting them in after you've already cooked it. Um, it's just a great way to live. So, definitely for that, snubbed. Hard-boiled eggs eaten out of a small cup with spoons um, from uh, uh, from Shape of Water. And also, oh my God, also in Call Me By Your Name, there was soft-boiled eggs there in Italy. But eggs, man, yeah. he ate the shit out of some soft-boiled eggs. They had and amazing they things there, yeah. And that peach... Whoever the, the whoever's on the food props, he fucks a peach. You guys, yeah. I uh, and it's it's that's amazing. a small spoiler. Well, it's right amazing. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is My mo- uh, my uh, my wife watched that movie with her her mom and said that that was a little bit weird because you have to keep a straight face, but you also don't want to look too bored as if you just watch guys fucking peaches all the time. See, so it's a weird balance where you have to be like hmm, bad like form, a, bad form. Red. Not a watermelon, not a grapefruit. I read an, a an interview with he, James he, Ivory who wrote it, and he's he, like, well, that was, they asked him about the peach, and he's like, well, he's like, I grew up in Oregon, and we had some big peaches there, but they're still, <laughs> he had a, like, James Ivory's like 90 years old, and he's like, well, you just do what you can, and I read, like, his typewritten, like, that scene, and it's so wonderful, he's like, it, it goes off camera, like, you don't really see yeah, it, yeah, he's yeah. like, because, like, you know. Actually, it's weird, because you see him taking the pit yeah. out, and okay. that, that part takes a while, <laughs> Yeah. so it's like, at first, he's just finger-banging this peach, and which is nice, he's, like, looking out for the peach, too, Um. but that, like, the whole time he's doing that, I'm like, oh, oh, no, Timothy, no, you're not gonna, oh, you're not gonna do that, oh, he's doing it, it was like, you you live in that moment for a while. And he holds it up and sets it up there, it's full, he mm-hmm. don't spill it. Yeah, he leaves a full peach up there. It, I, I mean, just if you haven't seen it, this yeah. feels like this of the movies. Got to be the tip, then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's just, right. I think most I of it is the anticipation, yeah. and you're just like, quick, yeah, <laughs> cap it. But then, but then the uh, army hammer goes down on him and is like. Peach, what have you been up to? It's really great. It's actually a really great scene. Um, he does say that. He Where does. have you been? <laughs> it's really, it's actually like, because I wasn't there with any mom. So I was just like, I laughed so loud about that. And the rest of the, there was like six old people in the theater and they were surprised. I thought that was funny as shit. Where have you been? Because imagine if you go down on someone, you're like, this is food. I'm not expecting yeah. just a mouth of food. Um, that's probably, I'd say, least appealing food item was mm. the peach at the end of that. Yeah. Not the before peach, the after. During it, it was very juicy when he yeah. was, like, first fing- fingering the pit out. Um, was there another great food moment? Um, 
Oh, and uh, Phantom Thread, the breakfast scene when he just looks like he's going to die uh, on our honeymoon. And when the, she's buttering yeah. the toast buttering, too loud. Yeah. <sighs> or the uh, in Phantom Thread, uh, what I think about with food is when he uh, first goes to the restaurant in like, the second scene and orders that oh, incredibly novelty size like, uh, breakfast that's so specific. Yeah, like, yeah. I like that speech a lot. I was a little disappointed yeah. that we didn't get a scene where he we, we showed him like how much he finished or took home. Mm. Or did, probably didn't take home because he's rich. But I just I would love to know if he finished is that or he just like wants three bites of each of those things? Nah, he housed the entire thing. I think he <laughs> he did thing. fucking. Cha- I've changed my mind on him. That's a hero now. That's a lot of food. Didn't we? Haven't I seen an article about people like this is a thing? Or now people are going people to restaurants and it. ordering the family yeah. bread, or they're making it themselves. I saw I read a thing of the guy, and it wasn't it wasn't good. I was disappointed at how his looked. But yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> shitty food porn. Come on, man. I, was just, I mean, just give it a little bit. If you're going to take yeah. the time, if I'm going to read it. But yeah, it's it's. I've had all those things individually. Mm-hmm. I've just never. Uh, Let me see the if scones we got, got okay. me. Jam, we, uh, not, jam. Strawberry. not strawberry. I got it. I got what it. What kind I, do you have? I pulled up the recipe: Welsh rabbit with a poached egg, bacon, scones, buttercream, jam, uh, not strawberry, um, a pot of lapsing souchong tea, some sausages, and then she repeats it back to him. Uh, that is uh, a pretty big breakfast. Let me yeah. see. Um, yeah, oh yeah, the, the Vulture, of course, has the full recipe, including making the scones from scratch, which this is weird. The point of this is to order it. It's not to go <laughs> yeah. make breakfast all day and then have too much no. extra. Um, do you have any other stupid Oscars you'd like to see awarded this year? And who got snubbed for them, if you can think of I would like Stuhlbarg to get something. Yeah. I mean, he I will wish eventually that, get I wish there was like a cameo sort of thing of like, you know, supporting, oh, but like, yeah, yeah. but like, there's always, there's that movie that, God, that they came in and they were in that one scene. Someone was perfect. so good. Mm. Yeah. Like, give them something, because he was in... And three, and he was yeah, great yeah. in all three. Totally, you yeah. Know? He had different facial hair in each one. Yeah. I mean, they should have like an ensemble Oscar. I've always thought yeah. like that's uh, how SAG does it. There's not yeah. a best picture; it's just best ensemble in a film. And I think that's a really interesting way of doing it. I'm surprised. I mean, I know it's it's going to happen eventually. I thought because the third Planet of the Apes film came out this year, this would be finally be the year that they gave Circus a nomination. Um, Interesting, but at least a special, an yeah, honor, like a special an honor, award, yeah, something like that. Because um, I mean, he, I think his performance, and like you know, there's a big question is how much of the performance is him and how much is Weta. Yeah, I yeah. think like there is something there to like the work that he's totally. doing. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Uh, I would also like to see an, an Oscar on that note of best performance by an animal in a motion picture yeah. and then i would especially like the part where the monkey walks across stage they give him a trophy and he doesn't know what to do with it <laughs> that's what i was just thinking about alice and danny and i tanya yeah and, uh, the, oh, the, bird. the bird the whole yeah. time <laughs> man yeah we didn't even talk about i because it was a uh, best supporting actor actress mm-hmm. but uh not a, not a top but man that bird thing is so weird and the yeah. whole time yeah. i'm like why is alice and janney in a different movie from everybody yeah. else because this is a sad fucking movie and she is hilarious and then they show the scene of the actual mom with the bird. You're yeah. like, that's just, they got That's the same true. bird. Yeah. The they just outfit. nailed it. I, I was blown away by that. I, I thought that too. I'm like, oh, that's kind of, you know, like over the top costuming and stuff. Oh. And then the, oh, holy shit, that the bird and the oxygen tank. You, you need yeah. to get, I think, you know, they give like sound mixing mm. and mm. sound design. Those are important, but where like props, you have costumes, but like props, yeah. you got to go find it. You got to make it. It's got to be, I don't know where, you know, where does that fit in mm-hmm. somewhere? You yeah. Know? I yeah. would also like to see an audience award like they do at film festivals like we're going to give best picture but like here's like like Baby Driver people love Baby Driver yeah, yeah, yeah. made a lot of money did things <laughs> but if you look There's at the list of like the that, yeah. mo- of like the the top 10 grossing films of the year 
rarely are they the ones yeah. nominated for Oscars. And those clearly, the audiences it's, really love those for yeah. for some reason. Was Wonder Woman last year or was that two years ago? Was this year? Was, was this last year? year, yeah. And now we think Wonder Woman would be yeah. on that list. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Get Out might repeat and be on that list and Baby Driver, but Wonder Woman certainly, like, give them a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Dunkirk is the only one of the Oscars that was in, like, the top 10 grossing films of last year. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, well, call me by your name. Yeah. No one's seen. Yeah. Like, even half of this panel has not seen it yet. And like, um, you see everything. Yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, uh, I think that's a really interesting idea. Similar to your, uh, or the opposite, I guess, of what you said about having a, an ensemble, I would love to have an award for best performance in an otherwise totally shit film. Mm-hmm. I would love to see someone awarded for doing the most possible with the worst situation. I'm not sure um, who I would give it to this it year. Like Nick Cage every <laughs> single year, though. It would just, he would have so many Academy Awards. If it wasn't best performance, but it was like most enjoyable performance mm. in a garbage film, it would be The Rock in Baywatch. Because mm. um, he manages to somehow Teflon that whole script off his back. And it's an unwatchably terrible movie. And he's just kind of fun still. He's fine. Yeah. He's The Rock. Um, this guy, uh, I can't think of anything else that's really, really that I saw that was awful that I liked a performance. But I'll keep my eye out. There's got to be somebody who's you're like, that guy came to work. You know, yeah. that woman was here pulling. Uh, <laughs> she did the best she possibly. This is a terrible. Why was you don't have to try. No one else is trying. She tried. You know, I'd love yeah. to see that. Blake Lively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She. I mean, in uh oh god, well the shark movie she was in, but just in all I see is you. Yeah, like yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. It's the worst terrible. movie. She, I really believe that she was. Yeah, yeah, she was totally game for. Yeah. All I love of it. it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I actually, I think I liked the movie because I liked her so much, and the movie is bad. garbage. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So bad. Really stupid. So I don't know. Bad. I don't care if she's blind or not. I don't know how she gets with that guy ever. Yeah, in a movie. no idea what yeah. you're talking oh, about. Sexy when she can finally see, and he, or oh no, and he's recording her, and yeah. she can't see yet, or something, and yeah. she, the look that passes over her face, and he rewinds it a million times. It's like, yeah, she's not into me anymore. I'm like, yes, because <laughs> she's like, I am Blake Lively. Hello. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, yeah. Ryan Reynolds owns a Portland company now. He bought oh yeah, gin. he bought our he bought our Maybe gin. Maybe we'll get a Ryan Reynolds sighting. <laughs> <laughs> Today, uh, someone was telling me that uh, John Malkovich's daughter lives here and works at a sushi restaurant. Yeah, she went to she went to uh, Reed. So he's like hanging around sometimes. He's been in there. He's been he's been. I know people who've seen him in like a uh, vintage pink. He would like go oh, in nice. and buy, buy stuff. Man, that'd be a fun I, dude to run into. Yeah, and just walk around like, what do you want? This <laughs> and this. <laughs> uh, do you have a goofy Oscar or a or like a deep Oscar? We'll call him. I mean, I can't think of anything this year that was real bad. I mean, I do not not necessarily for that, but any other topic. Either. Oh, I mean, yeah, I I personally, my favorite movie of last year uh, that wasn't nominated was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Right. I would have loved to have seen that get nominated for best picture. I really best Blade, it's, it's best running. really the one the one I really want, I want to see Roger Deakins win for best cinematographer. I yeah. think that's a long time coming. The guy did fucking unbelievable work in Blade Runner and I, I really hope he gets his Academy Award finally he deserves it more so than any any DP will I mean he's the amount of things that guy has done for the the art of cinematography the work he puts in year after year is just fucking unbelievable and I yeah. thought his Blade Runner work was incredible um, best running for sure over over Maze Runner for sure oh definitely better running in Blade <laughs> Runner than Maze Runner for sure uh, I loved. I I thought I Blade Runner twenty forty nine was but yeah. fucking phenomenal. Jason, do you have a deep Oscar? 
My thing is, I want Roger Deakins to win as well. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the only thing. I yeah. re- every every year that he's nominated that he doesn't win, I'm like, this is. And every year, truly, I think, wow, this is better than everyone else. Yeah. And again, I think who could have done this movie that well? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people. I mean, he made like with the the James Bond movie he shot Skyfall. Skyfall. Oh, he yeah. is gorgeous. Sicario. Yeah. Sicario. I, mean, I mean, he's just great. Every Coen Brothers yeah. movie. He yeah. I mean, shot. he invented basically modern color grading with like Obo yeah. Rotha. Yeah. Like he's just. The amount of things he's done is mm. is rad. And if you want to see the coolest thing about Roger Deakins, uh, you should go to his website. Uh, so he has a forum on his website uh-huh. uh, that's just people geeking out about cinematography. And he is incredibly active on his huh. forum. So like people will just be like, hey, I'm shooting a short film. I'm using yeah. this lighting. Does anyone have any good advice? And a Amazing. few people will show it. Uh, like chip in and then Roger fucking Deakins will chip in and be like oh I really like the way you're lighting this thing you should do this this and this though and he like wow. he breaks down so much like I anytime people that. have like questions uh, about his films yeah. like there was this one thread I read that it was like people were debating like what format should you see Blade Runner in like IMAX uh-huh. or this because you lose lighting or Never this IMAX, and yeah. Roger Deakins came in and was like well I actually I, f- I mastered it each version separately. So each version is the oh. definitive version. If you go see the IMAX thing, I did this and this and this. If you see it in this kind of projector, it's going to be this, this, and this. Like It's just so cool to see he's like really IMAX approachable is, and active yeah. on his form. It's, That's amazing. IMAX is still cool the wrong guy. answer, but that is very cool. Uh, Never uh, seen an IMAX. Uh, Jenna, what's your deep Oscar? Uh, the, I got this off BuzzFeed, but the best performance by an inanimate object. Oh, yeah. And, uh, they nominate the plastic bag from American Beauty and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. But I loved, I not, saw, not current enough. Yeah. I, I saw uh, John Waters speak a couple years ago, and one thing he mm-hmm. said was, even in the worst film, you can find something beautiful yeah. and i always think yeah. about that this is one of the themes of our show is no matter how bad a film is we can always have can one always, compliment to come up with always find something and i was watching three billboards uh-huh. and i did not enjoy sitting through that and i was like she had butterfly wallpaper in her bedroom uh-huh. with orange butterflies and i'm like i am down with that wallpaper yeah. <laughs> i like that wallpaper i mean that's so true in movies we believe that's true even in like a book and, and a book is like one person's bad idea uh and then maybe one person proofreads it but a film that's like that's some set designer's big break. That's yeah. always yeah. some makeup person's best. Like, is it their the front of their uh, uh, book that they hand out showing their work? Right. Every this is a portfolio piece for for thirty people mm-hmm. in every film. So I love that. I think it's a great way to look for things. Inanimate objects is really funny too. Um, I would say uh, my I'm I'm more into the goofy versions of this than you guys are. Best mustache, Orient Express. Murder on the yeah. Orient Express. Oh, yeah. Had a lovely mustache. Not just the mustache, but the mustache framer that he wears overnight. It's yeah. pretty memorable. I'm excited for that sequel. I, I, I really yeah, like yeah. that first movie. You did? Good, yeah, good. Yeah. You didn't like it. You're saying you didn't like it. I love Murder on the Orient Express. I, I love the I love the other I love the book. I love the the, the 70s uh, version. Yeah, yeah. I hated what he did with his mustache. <laughs> I hated that cast that just sort of <laughs> sat around by and large. I yeah. did love this it's strange this the the Johnny Depp scene where they mm-hmm. sat across from each other. Yeah. I thought was that was cat- fun, like the best acting Johnny Depp has done in forever. Like right. it mm-hmm. was truly terrifying and did some good work. But I was like, I don't know. He shot it in 
shot it in 70 that didn't make any sense to me yeah, you're gonna the, show it digitally you, you know you're not gonna yeah. show it in 70 anywhere yeah why get in a 65 millimeter camera yeah, out there the, like yeah. final shot not the final shot but like the final scene when they're like in like the last supper at that yeah. table sitting there i thought that yeah. was really hokey but yeah i just as like a clever whodunit i had never seen the original exactly. or read the book mm. this is, so this is my first introduction sure. to the character sure. and i thought it was I'm pretty sure, funny that, yeah. and that was it and i also love poirot yeah the tv yeah. show poirot so i you're very I'm so familiar. used to mm. or I, in my head it's that because the, the answer to that whodunit is so clever and I have not seen any of the 30 versions of it, or mm. so I didn't know. I'm, Anthony, I managed to miss yeah. that. That's the key. If you don't know that, it's a really incredible twist. So maybe we should just sure. watch one of the other ones, yeah. but I sure. thought that was really fun. I and think I, the, yeah, it's a neat-looking film, and I like the mustache. Yeah, the, the Sydney Lumet <laughs> version is pretty good. I like seeing Daisy Ridley and stuff. Yeah. yeah I think she's yeah, sure. uh, the delightful actress. Yeah. I just um, think for that, oh, I know it's not the, but that cast and everything that was, uh, there was just nothing fresh that he brought to it. Because mm. that's, I mean, that, yeah, source material is really. It old just got me into like, a thing yeah. that I didn't have before, which I, I guess is like almost me being okay with remakes for mm-hmm. a second. It's like, I guess if it's been long enough that I might not have seen anything. Like with Spider Man, they're like, remember Spider Man from a few years ago? Here's a new version of that. Yeah. But with this, it's like, oh, that's uh, absolutely. I yeah, this is Murder 40 on the years. Express, like, I was excited when they yeah. said they're gonna do it. I'm like, no one cares about Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, look at this. Now we're cast. talking about this, and now we're going to talk about Murder on the Nile. It's yeah. going to be interesting. I'm yeah, into it. Murder on the Nile is pretty good. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's the lightning bonus round. Uh, if you want to suggest a game or play along, go to readersweep.com slash next. Is that really the name about. of the sequel, Murder on the Nile? Is it Murder blank? Is the it's not title always that, but books? a lot of them are, I believe. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought, okay. Because, like, yeah, which is a little hokey when the person yeah, yeah. shows up is like, there was a Murder on the Nile. Uh. Yeah. It's like it was like that ending of Dunkirk where they were like, We're done, Kirk. And we we're like, that's kind of unnecessary. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us at home. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We're gonna be back again next week talking about this is weird. We're gonna talk about the Oscars, the show. We're gonna do not about the movies at all. We're gonna come back next week, do a little wrap on what we thought of the performance of the thing. Mostly about dresses, right? Yeah, how, you know, how you know what Anthony and I like. Yeah, how was Kimmel? I, I'll, I. This is a weird thing to have come out of my mouth. I thought Kimmel was great last year. Yeah. I was like the whole time I was trying not to like it, and I thought he did a really nice job. That bus full of strangers. I, it was a little long, but I, I had a great time. Anyway, uh, we're doing that because because uh, you wanted to. Yeah, that was Anthony's idea, and I love it. So we're gonna do that next week. Thanks again to Alexis from New York for sponsoring this episode uh, and becoming a meat buddy. You can become meat buddy. Read it on slash meat buddies. You know how it goes. Thanks for being here at Anthony Lopez Part Two on Twitter. Thank you for having me as always at Gen- Genazine One on Twitter. Live tweeting the Bachelor. Yeah. Stick around for all that yeah. and at Jason underscore Rouse. I'm probably going to have lunch soon. I don't think you've ever tweeted it. Uh, no, I thought about it. <laughs> but uh, we can get in touch, and they should definitely come see you do sketch uh, and, and run sketch. Thank you guys all. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Psh.